Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman. I'm here today with the other co-hosts, Brenda McCullough and Matt Basta. How are you guys doing today? Doing alright. How are you doing, Bren? Meh. I feel like it's the same answer every episode. Yeah, I was just going to say another, (laughs) meh. Oh, man. Every single time. Every single time. It's, you know, could be better, could be worse is the answer for every moment in life. Except for, like, really bad moments that couldn't be worse. Well, then, I guess it's better than those moments. Yeah. (laughs) It could be better, could be worse. I could be playing a detective on Law & Order SVU. It could be worse because I could be a victim on Law & Order SVU. Well, that actually transitions into one of the more topical issues I wanted to touch on today. Uh, Some people were having really bad days. So the stock market, the New York Stock Exchange came to a complete halt. And and also, like, airports across the U.S. uh, just weren't, like, came to a halt as well. And I saw the media just, like, freaking out about it. And the the answer is, it's all because of computers. So it's, like, a really vague explanation. And I'm thinking to myself, well... Y2K? It's pretty much, it seems like... To me, a hack threat or like an attack of sorts that is nobody's claiming uh, responsibility for, but it's pre- basically just them being able to say, look what we can do. And yeah, you can stop all travel and you can have everyone freaking out about their money in like one day. Isn't that the plot to Die Hard 4? <laughs> it probably is. Like, I think that's the exact plot of it. Well, God, whoever did it, just like, we just had Die Hard 4 happen today. Someone get Justin Long and Kevin Smith. They know how to fix it. But for real, I mean, what do you guys think about this shit? It's kind of scary because if it's that easy, it's like we are really dependent on technology. And don't get me wrong, I'm all for it. I think it's great. But when it comes to situations like this, like the stock exchange used to rely on just like pen and paper and shit and they'd get shit done but now if like the root of the problem is just computers it's like oh we're having a meltdown and nothing's working then yeah you're pretty much fucked i mean i don't i've never felt like the stock exchange was ever that secure because there was the huge stock crisis in what the 50s question mark and then the housing crisis in 2008 and like it's just been screwing our economy over more than I think it's been doing good, or at least as far as I know. But then again, I'm very ignorant on this topic. Me too. And I'm never surprised how thinly together the world is being held, like how loose the strings are and how quickly one of them could be cut in the whole, you know, backra- backdrop of the theatrical play background just drop. I'm painting this weird image in my head that I really can't describe too well. I actually, I totally understand what you're saying. It's it's making me scared, though. <laughs> I'm, I'm not surprised by how fragile the world is at any moment and how one thing can just go, oh, God, everything's ruined. Like, um, I don't know if it, everybody could, uh, you know, everything would be ruined. Um, New York Stock Exchange, for what it's worth, like the media has really blown that issue out of proportion. Um, there's like a ton of exchanges Right. So the fact that you can't trade on New York Stock Exchange isn't a huge deal. Um, and certainly they have a huge financial incentive to fix their problem. Um, so, I mean, that's it's scary from the outside, but sort of from the inside looking out, I, I'm not hugely concerned by it. Um, New York Stock Exchange is notorious for making mistakes. Uh, 
lots of bad things happen often and most of it just doesn't get reported because it gets resolved fairly quickly. Um, planes being grounded is a more unfortunate one. And part of that is because the, the system is basically like one giant computer network run by the FAA. So if there's a problem in that or, um, you know, there's some sort of issue, technical issue that's causing all planes to be grounded or, or, or all air traffic to be disrupted. I mean, planes aren't going to start falling out of the sky, you know, but it, it's concerning in the sense that, you know, little errors or, you know, relatively nominal errors are um, really disrupting a whole industry, you know? Yeah, it's just crazy that it affected um, on such a widespread scale. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's literally like one big computer system. And if, you know, one critical part of that, the one weak link breaks, uh, you know, everything goes down. Yeah, so I thought I'd at least mention that because a lot of people were shitting their pants. Imagine being the guy that's, I think I even heard on the news, they were like, oh, at 11 in the morning, they were like, oh, the soccer exchange's back and everything's functioning again. And then like an hour later, it was like, everything was offline. Like, so they had some shit to deal with. Yeah, I mean, I it definitely has some significance, but it also wasn't like world stopping. Like, I uh, I heard about it, but I had no idea what it was. I just heard something with the stock exchange. So, you know, maybe, you know, I might be a minority or something here, but I'm, my life was completely unaffected by it. And I'm yeah. sure thousands were, but. All right. Well, I guess we can go on to something else. Do you guys have something you want to bring to the conversation or I have plenty? Well, you uh, go first then if you got plenty. All right. Well, this is one that we've talked about in the past, how Sega has some really bad uh, Sonic games. <laughs> and the CEO of Sega has apologized for the bad Sonic games. Like, <laughs> So hold on. Let me pull up the article quick. Uh, I mean, at least he's able to admit it. And that's what bothers me the most when something is clearly terrible. And they're like, no, it's part of the grand scheme. It's like, no, you can admit something sucks. And if you do, we respect you more for it. Exactly. And so Sega boss... Uh, Sega is boss. Oh, they used to be. (laughs) Remember when Sonic was fat? When he was just like two orbs? He looked like a snowman almost, like two same-size orbs on top of each other. Now everyone has to be skinny and photoshopped in all the magazines, even Sonic. Alright, so this is the title of the article. (laughs) Sega boss acknowledges betrayed trust and pledges better console games... So, and another thing I overheard recently is that Sega shut down their um, their San Francisco office. So apparently they're really condensing because they're not doing so well. But it's just funny that yeah, he's come out and publicly announced like we apologize for the games that didn't really live up to the standards of what Sonic should have been. I, that surprised me though because Sonic Boom is one of the more recent Sonic games. Oh, that was shit. Though. It is cr- like known across the planet as one of the worst like it's just so unfinished not even bad just not even done just not anything but yet it i think it has an animated series coming out and a sequel game in the works are you fucking kidding me no it's like sonic boom fire and ice or something so Mm. it's mind-blowing that it's like this game is like maybe 70 percent done and that's being generous and yet we have enough to make a sequel, or we feel justified in making a sequel to it. That's really unfortunate. I mean, it's hilarious watching people play it online and just seeing the atrocious glitches and just the bizarre 
mechanics at some points. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the Game Grumps did something about that. Uh, that's a glorious playthrough. It's long, but it's a hilarious. You know, there was there's been a lot of podcasts lately, um, ours partially included, that have talked about sort of the declining quality of these very large games, right? These companies have these very ambitious goals, and they focus their development not around the gameplay and around the quality, but they focus it around the sales. And so they say, what can we build that's going to sell really well? And then they half-ass it, and you know they're not focused, they don't care about whether the game that they put out is well made and has a good reputation and, um, you know, technically is outstanding. And then people get really upset and then they wonder why, you know, and I'm surprised it took this long for, or took as long as it did rather for, for Sega to, you know, apologize for this because really it's unacceptable. Like if, if, if it was a piece of business software, you know, they would be out of business right now, but people keep buying it because they're loyal to the brand. Yeah, no, I hear you. Sonic has a weird fan base, though. Like, I, I think there's a drinking game or there's some sort of pseudo internet game where if you just go on deviantart.com and just type in your name and then put the hedgehog at the end of it, you'll find someone has made a specific character called, like, your name, the hedgehog. Because there's so many just weird young kid fans and it's also very creepy at times. Yeah, like the Sonic. Sonic Sanic, yeah. There's so <laughs> many. It's just bizarre. <laughs> like, I've seen, like, a Pikachu Sonic mix, and it's, like, notoriously bad. Granted, some of these are made by, you know, very young kids, and they just shouldn't have put it on the internet. But then some are made by, like, <laughs> full-grown adults who should know better. Yeah, it's, that's the scary thing. But with some, I think one thing with these huge corporations and these AAA title games is that the developers and sort of the people working directly on the game have good intentions and they want it to be good and they know how to make it good. And then the higher ups come down and go, you know what? You know, theoretically, this is what they'll do. Like, let's introduce a new character and in Sonic world and it's a tapir. Um, they'll finish the character, put the model in. He'll be in the entire game, a full, like part of the story and he'll be everywhere. And then one of the higher ups will go, you know what? A tapir is kind of an obscure, obscure animal. I don't think young kids will know what type of animal that is. Why don't we make it a dog? And it's like, we can't just turn it into a dog. Like, it's not that easy. And then they have to start working on that. And by that point, the game's already supposed to be out. And I think that's what kind of leads to these half-assed projects is too big, too big of companies with too many higher ups voicing their opinions that have to be heard, even though they haven't been with the project from the beginning. They're just kind of jumping in, saying what needs to be done. Or, you know, maybe they won't get a new project, or maybe that employee will be terminated. You know, veil threat to it. I mean, I, I look at games like uh, the new Batman game, and like I've heard numerous people talking about how the PC version right now, even after the patches have been released, is still unplayable. You can't but, even buy it on Steam anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's that bad. And... What it tells me is that, like, the PS4 version, mostly fine. The Xbox version, mostly fine. And so, really, it comes down to, you know, companies not allocating resources in the right places. It's companies taking shortcuts, companies uh, not devoting enough time to it and focusing on the sale of the game rather than 
actually improving the development and making sure that it's ready and making sure that it's what the designers of the game envisioned. And I mean, there's also like a really stupid number of ridiculous problems that come out with these games. Like the new Batman game is beautiful, right? Like I've watched tons and tons and tons of content online regarding it, right? Like I I watched lots of YouTube videos, lots of Twitch, but I haven't been able to play it. I don't have an Xbox One. I don't have a PS4 and I can't get the PC version. But what I see is like, it's an enormously complex game, right? They have all of this really, really awesome texturing and uh, the graphics are gorgeous. And like, technically speaking, it is, it's a miracle that it works, but it's amazing, right? But then they have these really shitty aspects. Like, what the fuck is Poison Ivy actually wearing in that game? Like, they couldn't <laughs> spend an extra 15 minutes to go on, like, DeviantArt and download a 3D model of, like, a pair of pants or something for her to put on. <laughs> like, seriously. Like, you know, like, they have this ridiculous amount of detail that went into Batman's cape, right? But, like, they can't put a pair of pants on Poison Ivy, Right. Who did this? <laughs> and this isn't even like a woman in games thing, right? Like I'm, I'm all supportive, you know, diversity in games and making sure women are treated like objects. But like, this is just stupid. It's just <laughs> like, a, it's a quality thing. Like nobody thought about it. And so when there's these stupid oversights or omissions and you can tell where the higher ups or the, the, the game designers with the visions really put their effort into it because, you know, the Batmobile, super detailed, super intricate, super well done. But then there's these really obscure other parts that just got no attention, you know? Yeah, I think it happens when it's a a game of that scale, though, but still, I don't know. I think it's tricky, particularly with the Poison Ivy character, because it seems like with each iteration, she loses more and more clothing until (laughs) the point where... There's, you know, the joke where it's like, ah, uh, you know, she could use, you know, a pair of dental floss and it would cover her up more. And that's not even an exaggeration anymore. Like, literally, it's just, like, one line of pixel, like, keeping it away from, like, an M-rated game to, like, an X-rated game. And it's tough. I, I fully agree with Matt on what he's saying. But, like, it's tough with Poison Ivy because it seems like it's not even in just the video game. It seems like with her character in everything now, where... You know, oh, she's one with the plant life. She controls the plant matter. She sees it as her children. It's like, well, I don't wear my children as clothing. Like, I'd still wear, like, slacks or something. Like, you know, you're being shot at by criminals. You don't need to also be running around because you enjoy plants. It, It's a real loose thread to begin with, and they're really putting all of Poison Ivy's character designs on that idea. And I don't... I enjoyed the... Uh, old timey one from the Batman anime, old timey, uh, from the animated series, where it was kind of like a 1950s swimsuit almost, like where it was a single piece swimsuit, but it was made of, I don't know if it was made of leaves or if it was just green, and then she had stockings. Like, that is great. I enjoy that design, and I don't know why that hasn't been refurbished more, as opposed to, I haven't seen her in this game, but in Arkham Asylum, where it was just a convict jacket with a single button just holding on for dear life, trying not to burst off, and then, <laughs> like, maybe a thread of, you know, leaves 
covering her crotch. Like, I agree, it just seems lazy, and uh, the only real idea I can think of it is like, hey, sex sells, and here you go. That's probably the designer's mindset. It's like, I could be more detailed and, like, give a shit. Yeah, it just, it just feels cheap, like, because everyone knows sex is just a marketing tool now. Oh, yeah. So when they cut corners like that, it's just like, eh, just, I don't know, make them. But I have the same problem with Harley Quinn. They're giving her, like, smaller and smaller outfits, and uh, in one comic iteration, she has, like, her, she's wearing, like, a thong or a G-string, and it's, like, pulled up past her ribcage or something. It's like, holy Christ. <laughs> she's wearing them, like, overalls. <laughs> oh, I would not be surprised if that's the next point. Like, oh, uh, man. That just doesn't even make sense. Neither do these costumes. Well, I well, I guess we could talk about a couple more games quick. I, I have some other interesting shit to bring up, but uh, Gauntlet Slayer Edition uh, is coming to PS4 August 2015. Slayer! So, yeah, what the hell does that even mean, I'm wondering, because uh, we all play Gauntlet, and we stream it every now and then on Twitch, so check out our Twitch. It's ABT Silence. But um, yeah, that game's fun. I have my complaints. I'm sure you guys already heard me complain about it, but... uh. Uh, what do you think about this, Bren, coming to PS4? Uh, I mean, it's tough to say. It's clearly a multiplayer-intended game. Like, I've tried soloing it with all the other characters, and it's possible. It's just not nearly as fun. And the game's not super fun to begin with, so it really needs any help it can get. Well, um, honestly, it's coming out at $20, which I feel is fair. <laughs> Uh, I mean, like I said, I was glad when we got it on the Steam sale for $5. I oh, yeah, sure. I happy with that. We, um, we got four ten. for the price of one. It's not bad. It just, it's very repetitive, very short. Um, they kind of drain you for the cash and they kind of force you to grind for no real reason. Because your character doesn't necessarily level up. Just the few items you buy and all the cosmetic stuff you can buy. Um... Yeah. Oh, I'm glad to finally hear somebody else complain about this. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I got you know plenty of uh, complaints with the game, but I do enjoy it when we play. But it's also, you know, we've been trying to figure out something to play as like, a group or a few friends of mine are like, hey, why don't we try Gauntlet? And I'm just like, ah, you know what? I just don't feel like it. Like, I've, I've done everything I can and that nothing's new and it's already uh, repetitive and droning to me versus playing Binding of Isaac for 130 hours. Yeah, well, see, the funny thing about that is I feel like I would easily go back if I had the local, uh, if I had friends to play local co-op with to do Dark Legacy on PS2, oh my god, with a multi-tap, I'd be playing that for, like, the rest of my life, as compared to Gauntlet, fucking whatever it's called now, Slayer Edition. I mean, and I wonder if that is just gonna be more upgrades. Apparently, there is gonna be some new content that it's, that isn't on the PC edition that we already have, but, the people who already own it on PC will get that upgrade for free, so that's exciting. Oh, that's nice of them. I know. I, that's usually not the case. I thought it would have been, like, a $5 DLC, but I'm glad they didn't lowball us. <laughs> uh, maybe they kind of agree with me and that the game needs help wherever it can get it. Yeah, it does, though. It's... I, I think we... I think it's a unanimous, like, the internet probably all agrees. It's semi-fun, but... And it, it has a gauntlet title and it just doesn't feel like a gauntlet game it's just too kiddish i don't know yeah like it's it's not a terribly made game it's not bad i think just the fun in playing it is very short-lived and after like maybe three playthroughs of it you're already done like there's nothing new to it 
Exactly. And that's the unfortunate thing. I felt the thing about, uh, Dark Legacy, it was like always like, not constantly evolving, but like the, the bosses and stuff, you were always looking forward to seeing what was next. And it always was like, at least challenging. This just, this game seemed way too repetitive, but enough trashing that. What do you guys want to talk about? Any new games that you guys been playing? Uh, no, not really. I've been surprisingly busy trying to edit together a few videos and doing a few different projects here and there. Uh, I played Talisman a bit. Uh, we streamed that on Twitch, but I think that's about it. Yeah, I'm diving into Dark Cloud 2 finally. Um, not too far. It's it's really, I'm loving it. So I, I would prefer to talk about that once I've played it a lot more. So I'll save that. But then, as far as mobile games go, I've been playing Sorcery 3, because you got me hooked on the Sorcery nice. games. <laughs> yeah, and it's really fun. But this one, I feel like, is definitely the longest story-wise and like most in-depth and confusing. I feel like I'm wandering and I don't know where I'm going, so I just don't want my character to die. But I'm doing <laughs> pretty good. It's like it's I'm on, I'm on like day 11 or something on Sorcery 3, and I'm wondering how many days I'm supposed to go. I'm wondering if I'm fucking up already, but I know when I, I beat Sorcery 2, I definitely fucked up. So I don't want to ruin <laughs> anything, but uh, you're given a pretty serious option and i chose like the one that most people shouldn't so (laughs) and yeah but it's it's been interesting i'm really enjoying those games it's for people who don't know what i'm talking about it's a choose your own adventure uh game by the same people who did 80 days so it's really it's a good time yeah sorcery is a lot of fun uh if you haven't checked it out start with sorcery one work your way up Definitely. And your save data carries over like in a matter of code or something. It's like, it's interesting how they do it. I really like it. Oh, I was able to record a video recently of a game I got with the LA Game Space Bundle, where it was a game that was already kind of done, and it was just the sandbox version of it. So oh, yeah? it wasn't as like broken down or like half constructed as like an alpha version of some of the games. It was called Off Road. Velociraptor Safari Adventure, I think, or something what? along those lines. It is bizarre and great. And I play it when I just have to unwind and just relax after I even said in the video I tried to play a few indie games that were half built and they all like broke or just sucked. And I was just like, you know what? I need something fun and mindless. And I don't know about the game in its completed version. I just have the sandbox version, which is you're in a safari jeep. You drive around and you run over velociraptors and then you just drag their bodies to like certain checkpoints and you get points for it. And then you collect like little orbs to get more points and stuff. It's just mindless. But the best part is you also play as a velociraptor driving the car. <laughs> so it's kind of like, <laughs> what if these animals could evolve to the point of like intelligence and like conscious awareness? It's like, oh. Maybe at a certain point of evolution, we just murder our own species. Like, yeah, just genocide. Yeah, like it's not just humans. Like any animal would do it if they got that smart. It was fun, but yeah, I'm not sure how the game actually plays as a campaign or as a story or anything. I'm wondering if the creators even thought that deeply about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've looked at their site and I've actually contacted them. I think it's Flashbang Studios that made it, but I think they've moved to like Aztec Company or something. Um, they weren't able to do an interview, but hopefully someday, 
But there was like a few other games where it was like Brontosaurus Jetpack, and you just played as like a Brontosaurus with a jetpack, and you just like it was like a basic platformer, except you're like a forty-five ton animal. <laughs> so I think they have a very uh, soft spot in their heart for prehistoric beast with modern technology. Nice. I bet they're going to be looking forward to Horizon New Dawn or Zero Dawn or whatever. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it after you told me. Yeah. It's definitely interesting. Mm-hmm. How about you, Matt? you play anything? I have been trying to uh, play one new game a day at work. A day? Wow. Yeah, and so over my lunch break, I download a game from the Google Play Store, and I play it for a little while uh, while I eat. Um, so the first one that I played is called Commute. And basically, you're given two controls, left and right. And you have this little map. And there are streets going up and down, and then streets going left and right. And you start at one of the edges of the screen, where one of the streets sort of like goes off the edge of the map. And you have to get to another street on another part of the map, uh, and sort of like leave the map that way. So you might like go straight, and then turn right, and then turn left, and then go straight. Um... And basically, you have a timer of 60 seconds. And so you sort of press left, you press right, and your car accelerates on its own. So you have no control over that. Um, and however long it takes you to get to the exit is how much time gets taken off your timer. Um, and then you get to the next car, and you have to do it. And if you ever hit zero, that's game over. Um, but the idea is, uh, along the way, you can sort of like cut through a little path through some trees and get like a power up. Like there's a 10 second power up that'll increase your time. So you can keep playing for longer. Um, but the thing is those routes are sort of more fraught. So if you hit a tree, uh, your car sort of breaks down a little bit and you go like half the speed. Um, if you hit something else, you go slower and you can sort of rewind the car, uh, at the, at the penalty of one second. Um, which is kind of neat. But what happens is every time you play, uh, all of the cars that you've driven in the past are also driving. So you have to avoid all what? of those cars. Like your shadow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, oh, sort of weird. like Mario time trials, but you can like crash into them and stuff. So it's like a ghost, but it's like physical. Like, yeah. So you're making, you're making the traffic each time you try again. Exactly. Oh, that's interesting. And so you have to sort of plan ahead a little bit and, you know, like stay to one side of the road at the beginning and then the other side of the road later on and then like take all the little secret paths as often as you can. But it's very difficult because, like I said, you have a left button and a right button and that's it. So it's tough. Uh, the second game that I've been playing is, um, it's called Alpha Bear and it, it, <laughs> <laughs> it's, I feel like that pun can go uh, many different ways. Yeah, um, not what you're thinking, Bren. Um, it's <laughs> oh god, yeah, uh, you don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> I, I I know you. <laughs> we we've played many hours of Dungeons and Dragons together, uh, like like fourteen so far. <laughs> oh yeah, that's weird to think about. Anyhow, um, it's a puzzle game. Uh, a, a word puzzle game. And basically, uh, it's sort of the same art style as threes, if you remember threes. Um, uh -huh. and so everything is sort of like flattish, but with like a little bit 3D. And, um, 
it's a grid of tiles, and some of those tiles are bears, um, like little square bear-looking things. And um, the tiles around the bear turn into letters. And you have to tap on the letters to spell out a word. And when you spelled out the word, um, those letters that you use turn into more bears. And if you have like four bears in a square, it turns into like one larger bear and it'll like keep expanding out. So the idea is to clear the board. Uh, the challenge comes in because the letters have a number associated with them. And every time you play a word, the number on those letters goes down by one. And if you hit zero, uh, the number turns into stone and you can't, the, the letter turns into stone and you can't play it. So basically, you have to use up as many letters as you can, or you block off a part of the board. Um, the goal of the game is to clear the board, obviously. Um, and then you're left with one giant bear that's the size of the board. Um, but what happens is, like, if you get a, a stone, it breaks it up, and so you have, like, maybe two or three or four smaller bears. Um, and smaller bears are worth fewer points at the end. Uh, so you need to be really, really careful uh, with, with how you play it. Interesting. Oh my god. Yeah. I looked at the picture. And there's these bears are single handedly <laughs> the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. There's like <laughs> 70 bears as well, which is amazing. Uh, and they all have special properties and you get to choose three of them per level, um, to, to help you. So like certain bears will give you bonuses on certain letters and certain bears will increase your final score by a certain percentage, but they don't give you as many bonuses. So it it's a really interesting sort of strategy puzzle word game, and um, it's free and uh, it's a lot of fun. And so if you're looking for something to play while you're sitting in the back of a car or uh, pooping or whatever, you know, this is a pretty good game. Oh my god, nice. there's one that looks like Abraham Lincoln sold. Downloading it right now. <laughs> it nice. wasn't actually sold; it was free. Downloaded free right. Now. What are, I'm getting it. I want that Abraham Lincoln bear. I am consuming this. <laughs> um, oh, man. So, also, we can bring something to the table in the tech world. Uh, so, there's a new BlackBerry phone that just got announced. Did you hear about it? Yeah, how's that working it's- for them? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. It's kind of like a trolley topic. But it's called the BlackBerry Venice. And they're finally coming to the smartphone market with a touchscreen and all that. But don't get me wrong, it's got the the keyboard, physical keyboard, still there that you could like. I kind of how some phones had like layers to them, and then you kind of like would reveal it from behind. It's like a slide feature, mm-hmm. so I it's going to reveal one. a physical keyboard because they just can't let that shit go for some reason. But I guess the more interesting techie side of it is that it's going to be running Android. They just dropped whatever OS they had been previously that's interesting i think they have their own yeah i know right so android for the win well here's some uh interesting trivia at one point sort of in the late blackberry history um, right around the time that android 2 came out blackberry announced that they had this technology that would allow android apps to run on blackberry phones running the blackberry operating system and so Uh conceivably they just wrote their own version of the dalvik vm um and, you know, shipped it as its own package. So sort of like when you install Java on your computer, it was sort of like the Android runtime for BlackBerry. Interesting. It was a good idea. Um, I had my money bet on the fact that Microsoft would probably end up acquiring them and then using that towards Windows Mobile. 
Um, it turns out that Microsoft was sort of working on something similar of its own um, and didn't end up needing it. Um, but yeah, you know, I understand that they're a company and like it's their obligation to make money for their shareholders. But at a certain point, you've just got to admit defeat. Like nobody wants your product <laughs> anymore, right? Like nobody wants to pay some ridiculous fee so that they can get like email and calendar from blackberry right yeah it is it's just absurd at this point i i have to agree but i thought i'd at least bring it to the table it's funny that they're still just trying to keep it alive i'm wondering to see how the sales will be and we'll keep the listeners posted but speaking of android i guess that's a real heavy hitter there i just got overnight the latest android so i'll include a link to the show oh my god i know dude so (laughs) Android 5.1 Lollipop update comes to Motorola, HTC, and LG phones. What did you and, have previously? Uh, I, it was like four something. Oh, wow. Or actually, it might have even been like, it was pretty, mine was, my phone was pretty up to date. So, but it, that's the thing. I even just started finally. I'm like, I am finally used to this update. And now this new one comes along. And don't get me wrong, it's definitely taking a little getting used to, just like they changed a few things up, like, icon wise and uh interface wise but overall it's really fucking slick like you could tell like they've put a lot of focus into the transitions and like the animations and all that stuff like that was the main they wanted to really jazz this one up but then again like when you like thumb down from top of the screen to bottom like it opens up like a menu of like your notifications and such in the previous update it would just kind of blend into the background like uh the opacity was like lowered so you could kind of see through but now it's just like big blocks of white fucking and i guess what they're going for is like that minimalistic like real clean look but when you have like a fucking background of like a galaxy like i do on my phone that really doesn't really look good and i highly doubt that that's something i can change because it's like a you can change your background Oh yeah, the fuck that. <laughs> that's what I mean. So make it, me do that's, work. How dare you? Don't get me wrong; it's such a dumb thing to complain about, but it's just like. But then it is really slick, and I'm sure they improved a lot of things. So, but I don't know. Yeah, that happened literally overnight. So that's pretty new. At Google I/O, uh, which I was at last month, um, they announced the next version, uh, which is coming out uh, imminently. Android M. Um, they said it was going to be out over the summer, but I don't know what the status of that is. Uh, but it it's mostly the same as the one you just got. It's a little bit different and a little bit better. Um, not not too much. It was it's more of like a maintenance update, sort of like um, four point one was the four point or four point two or whatever. The, I don't even if they all blend together. I don't know. I, you could definitely tell though they were focusing on like the aesthetics of this update. Oh yeah. But that's what I was telling Doug before we started recording. Like it would be neat if there's a way to somehow be able to go back and change the icons for certain apps and stuff to the older ones. Say if you didn't like this new minimalistic sort of angular, uh, I think he said the gallery is like, it's supposed to be a mountain with the moon in it, but it's all triangles and stuff now as opposed to on my phone, which still has an actual mountain as the gallery icon. Yeah, it's weird how, I guess when an Android update happens, it like updates all the icons it can, and then the ones that it can't update, it'll just put like a little droid guy. Yeah, well, part of it, part of what happens is um, 
Google avoids changing the icons of your apps because if you don't know what the app looks like anymore, then you can't find it, especially if you have a yeah. lot of apps. So what they'll do is they'll try to preserve the old icons, but if the old icons don't work anymore, you get the little droid. Okay, because, yeah, I was telling him my phone updated not too long ago, and it changed the uh, text app icon. Mm -hmm. And for, like, a week, I wasn't texting anybody because I just didn't know what it was. <laughs> I mean... That may say more about my intelligence than the phone design, but... <laughs> but no, I know what you mean. There was... I feel like I had a similar instance where... Like, just even the gallery one, like you brought up, it's just like, that doesn't look like a fucking gallery. I wouldn't intuitively know, like, that's where I'm going to find my photographs. But whatever. Yeah, I mean, we can't stop them. <laughs> so they can change whatever they want. All right, and this is the last real topic I have to bring to the show, but um, and it's anime-related, so I think we're hitting everything we usually talk about. Um, so I saw this on Netflix not that long ago. It's a movie called Expelled from Paradise. Have either of you heard of it? No, just from what you've told me. Oh, yeah. Okay. So how do I want to put it? It's. <laughs> Wait, Matt, have you heard of it? You know how big of a weeaboo you are. Uh, no. <laughs> no. It would have been great if Matt was like, yeah, the main character's name is. <laughs> <laughs> he knows all about it. <laughs> but no. Of course, no, this is actually a pretty new one, so I doubt many people know about it. And if you do, I, I, well, I recommend it. It was pretty awesome. Um, it's kind of like a sword art online meets a cowboy bebop, uh, well, art style and story wise. So how do I put it? Uh, the, well, first of all, the main character's name, like, she deserves an award for like the most awkward, like, sexual innuendo kind of sounding, like, what is, her last name is horrible. So, her name is Angela Balzac. So, and every single time, like, they're like, Agent Balzac. It sounds like Balzac <laughs> every single time. Like, and there's no avoiding it. So I'm like, whoever made that decision, just like, way to go, buddy. Like, you're, it's like, come on. But anyway, so once you get past that, the idea is she... Well, what about, like, every Bond girl in every James Bond movie? Like, they're all... Innuendous. It could have easily been like they wanted that. <laughs> it's just like I don't find that Huber like that funny. I don't know. I guess I'm just growing up. I think in 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 the 007 movies, it's it's kind of funny because they're all so serious about it. But like, <laughs> hello, my name is Pussy Galore. <laughs> what? Your mom? Your mom needs you, Pussy? <laughs> but um, so let me explain just like the real small gist of it. Angela is the first, I guess. Not human, obviously, but the first consciously aware AI that has been born in this world called Deva, D-E-V-A. And that's like their like sword art online universe, technically. And she's the first like consciously aware robot born in that, in that universe. And, but she's like brought out into the real world as like, like, I guess they have these androids that look like humans and she's like kind of like in the matrix that you know how they like plug into the back of your neck well like they plug her into the back of their neck and her conscience is downloaded into like that body and then she's interacting like it's i don't want to go into the story too much just go watch it if you like anime and any of that sounds interesting you'll probably really enjoy it it's like an hour 50 so i highly recommend it good shit really visually stunning like awesome art so let me know what you guys think if you end up checking it out. Hmm. Yeah, I have to look into it. Um, that might segue better into a topic I've been meaning to bring up for quite a few episodes now, and I just keep forgetting. Um, 
it's not a game that I have been playing, but it's a game I really, really, really want to play once it's finished. It's called Yandere Simulator. Oh, God. And that's actually, like, the alpha name of it. He, The creator even said he's probably going to change it once it's a finished game. But to just give you an idea, it's not a game I've heard much about, but I looked. He has a Patreon, the guy developing it. He has... 679 patrons supporting him. And he's making a little under $4,000 a month. Nice. To make this game. That's, yeah, loyal. Yeah, he's got, like, everyone coming to him, volunteering their work, and, like, seeing if they can help him. Um, I've emailed him to see if he wants to come on. He said he's not good on the mic, but he's better typing. And he actually emailed me back, like, within a few hours. So it was uh, nice to see. Um but he recently made a post where he's saying he's getting into a little bit of trouble with developing this game because of all the volunteers helping him because they're not paid staff. So he can't just be like, no, I don't like our idea. We're going to go with my idea. And they're like, well, you can't fire me. So, you know, fuck you. It's like, so it's kind of this weird, like almost like internship, but they're doing it out of their own free will. So he can't turn them away but they're still harassing him for not using their stuff. It's interesting. But basically, this game is... Uh, yandere is a Japanese term, and it basically means... I'm probably going to get this wrong exactly, but it's a girl, or I guess a person, who's obsessed with another person. Like, they're in love with this other person, but so much to the point where they'll directly interfere with their love life so that no one else can have them. So it's basically a single white female, but with an anime anime schoolgirl. So the whole premise is you're trying to get your senpai or older uh, senior student to notice you and fall in love with you. And anytime you see another girl coming up to him and trying to flirt with him, you have to somehow interrupt them by either getting them detention or getting them expelled by planting uh, you know drugs on them. Or so far to the point of even murdering them. Oh my god. And making, them, making it look like a suicide. This game sounds excellent. And it's there's some very dark moments where, like, you eavesdrop on one girl and you find out she has a very troubled home life. Uh, the creator said this is, like, one of the darkest points. Oh, fuck. So it, it won't get too much darker than this, but it's still very grim. Uh, this girl has a very troubled home life, and you leave her a note in her locker saying, like, Hey, I know about your situation at home. I've been there. I can help you out. If you want to come up to the roof at 3 o'clock and talk about it, I'll be up there. So you leave her the note. She comes up, if she listens, or if she reads the note and agrees with it, she'll come up to the roof. You'll see her at the edge of the railing on top of the roof of the school, and you can run up behind her and push her off the railing. Oh my God. But in order to make it look like a suicide, you pull her shoes off at, right before she falls, and you place them on uh, the roof, because it's like a Japanese... I don't want to call it a custom, because it's suicide, but uh, where people prefer to commit suicide, they take off their shoes. And it's kind of like a significant, it's like when you get drunk at a party, like if you fall asleep in bed without your shoes on, it means you meant to fall asleep. If you fall asleep in bed with your shoes on, it means you passed out. It just, in this case, it's less booze and more suicide-y. But, wow. There's a point, it's to the point where you can like take a knife, uh, cut a girl's throat, and then dispose of the body. Then you have to dispose of your clothes, dispose of the weapon, and then like the police will be called. If they find any evidence, they like get you and it's a game over. If not, you just keep going about it. And this is also some, you know, kid in a grade above you will fall in love with you. And it's super dark and it's 
super anime design, like it's super cutesy and uh, not cell shaded, but it's very well designed, and I love it. And I want this game to be made so much. Yeah, I kind of take back what I said about it sounding excellent. It sounds a little too dark, but I'm still probably gonna play oh, it. It's so dark. Yeah, I mean, it sounds don't get me pretty wrong. fucked up. Yeah, I mean, that's a, <laughs> which is well, why I want it. Which is another thing. It's like it says a lot about all the patrons. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, these are stories that have you know been brushed on in animes and mangas and different stuff in Japan. It's not a topic they shy away from. Of course. So it's only makes this sense. Is just this is just like a simulator where you can actually play it and act it out yourself. And there's a few videos if you want to look up. He's got a few, uh, I think there's even a demo, but he said right now the demo is just, uh, free walk, like to walk around and you can't really interact with anything. But they got, uh, demos of him playing it and it's awesome. And I love it. Nice. I'm glad you brought that one up. So <laughs> y- you mentioned, uh, Patreon. Uh, do you guys back anyone on Patreon? Um, Personally, just the attack, but how about you guys? Uh, I don't, I would love to, especially, uh, this guy, but I am, um, uh, what's the word? Very poor at the moment. So, um, I don't have as much disposable income to give to other people to work right now. There's plenty of people I would love to support though. Hmm. Yeah, I, I currently support, um, three people on Patreon. Um, is it Patreon or Patreon? Eh, same thing. Eh, it's fine. I don't think it matters. <laughs> uh, I think two of the two of them are YouTube video creators, and one of them uh, does comics and and art and stuff. Um, you know, like I I want to support more people on Patreon. I think one of the things, um that I really wish is that a lot more of the content creators that I really enjoy would use Patreon, you know, like whether it be YouTube people or whether it be, you know, just even like really funny people on Twitter, you know, like I, I I wish they would all get Patreon so I could, you know, support them and keep them doing what they're doing. Well, listeners should be aware that we have one, but we just haven't really kept up with it. So until we do that, don't give us money. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> until we find good enough reasons to reward you for it and give you pretty much I, of- don't get me wrong i want to do those things it's just like we maybe have we to should organize do it with that. uh next season of abtd oh absolutely Ooh. there we go yeah we can we can Uh-oh. oh we were to oh my gosh i'm gonna oh he's getting ideas I know, this is wonderful Matt's no, no, a prodigy. <laughs> this is not this is not spoilers or anything but like uh we talked about doing backstory episodes um and having like sort of behind the scenes stuff and all sorts of other content. It didn't really work out so well with uh, season one just because of scheduling and we had uh, four people uh, playing and um, no real idea what we were doing. I think it <laughs> yeah, was a we- great way to uh, get get the rust off and like just test some things out. And it o- overall, it was really fun. And I think everyone had a good couple laughs, hopefully more than one. Yeah, it. It was it was good because I think we all learned a lot about how to to really address the format properly. Um, because you know, like in day to day life, how often do you sort of do this radio drama style <laughs> content? You know, but also you know, like learning how to you know arrange something with so many people for so long and make it high quality and make it 
very linear and progressive. Um, so yeah, it, it didn't really work out with season one, but for season two, uh, we've already sort of started planning the sort of bonus content that we were going to put out. And, and I was thinking that maybe we could uh, make some of that uh, available to Patreon supporters. So that might be something that we end up doing. And then the, the funds I would imagine we would um, first obviously put towards upgrade our own stuff, making sure we all have good microphones, making sure, you know, we have the, the tools and services that we need to keep doing what we're doing. Um, if you guys want to hear more of Jeremy Dubs, please send us $50. <laughs> we need to upgrade his stuff. And also give him full-time employment. Um, <laughs> For a second, Matt, I thought you said the funds, like F-U-N-S, and I was like, the funds will be had by all. Send <laughs> us all of your funds. Yeah. So much funds. <laughs> um, but yeah, and on t- after that, I think uh, we'll maybe like split it up and, and do some, some cool stuff and... and I don't know. Each of us could maybe come up with something neat, but I, I don't think we'll make that much money anyway. We've got a lot of things to spend money on, like sound effects and um, hardware. Pew, pew, and pew. Certainly, like, I need to buy AJ a, a new headset because he's got a ton of sound bleed. Um, yeah. Which is fine, but, you know. But overall, I think we're getting our shit together for season two, so listeners can look forward to that. Yeah, season two is going to be oh. fucking amazing. You guys have no idea. We're hyping it. We're <laughs> hyping it hard. Yeah. All this, all this Patreon talk reminded me of. Um, there's one podcast I love, and I will fully plug the shit out of it. It's called Talking Tunes with Rob Paulson. I might have already talked about it before, mm. but he's the guy who did Yakko and Animaniacs and Pinky and Pinky and the Brain and Donatello in the original or no, he was Raphael in the original Ninja Turtles and Donatello in the new Ninja Turtles, and he's just one of the cornerstones of voice acting, like of all time by far hmm. and his podcast is where he just goes around and talks with all of his friends in the podcasting or in the voiceover community and he knows everybody he's been in around for so many years and he knows everybody and he just interviews them and it's great it's easily one of my favorites um but he started doing a patreon and i'm looking at it now and it's uh like 24 29 a month like it's getting so it's getting less than the Yandere simulator. Um, and he's got tears for like 30,000 a month. I'm just like, Oh no, they expected it to be so much better. Um, but it makes me question because I noticed one thing he did on the podcast is he's actually still releasing episodes. Um, not super regularly, but in 30 minute chunks. And if you want to hear the whole interview, you have to be, I, th- I think it means, you have to be like a minimum supporter. Like if you support the Patreon at all, you can get the whole interview, but it's kind of forcing his audience to like pay for the podcast that at one point was free. And I'm interested to see if that's affected his numbers at all. Cause it's not even, at least with the latest episode, it's not even like they tail it off. We're like, all right, that's it. If you want to hear more, go to the Patreon. Like it just stops. There's no real ending to it. And it just cuts off. So I'm, I'm curious to see how they're running things and if that's hurting them more than it's helping them. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I, it, there, some people definitely do their Patreon really poorly. Like, I know some people where, like, their first tier is $10 and then their second tier is, like, $50. And I've emailed them and I'm like, can you, like, have, like, a lower tier that 
maybe doesn't get as much stuff, but like, you know, because you don't have anybody backing you at any of those tiers. (laughs) (laughs) We're all just giving you money, but we're not getting anything. So yeah, if you got like five patrons supporting you, your first tier shouldn't be like a hundred dollars. Like, don't get cocky. Yeah, like I mean, even if it's like, and certainly like one of the folks that I support, you know, the first tier is a dollar, and you get a handwritten note, and that's it. You know, and it's like that's really nice, you know, and it probably took them maybe like five minutes, but you know, that's five minutes of their time, and I have a thing now, you know, with their signature on it, and uh, I'm gonna open up a bank account and. write myself a bunch of checks but <laughs> force her signature <laughs> no i wouldn't don't do, i wouldn't do that but um or would i i've, uh, <laughs> I've seen somewhere it's like first tier a dollar it's like you get my thanks it's like all right i you know why i'm paying a dollar i know why i'm paying a dollar like i feel like this first tier is a little smug like it's a little sarcastic or passive aggressive rather yeah it, <laughs> but i mean anyway it like yeah, we're going to do some stuff with Patreon, uh, hopefully, and um, hopefully Wait, we'll actually, it right. it's it's funny. I tell our listeners, I'm like, oh, we have a, pa- a Patreon. Fucking actually, no, we don't. I think we were so inactive that Patreon deleted our page. Uh. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> well, there you go. Because I, I, the reason I even know that was because I was on our website, like, clicking around. And I was like, oh, let's see how the Patreon's doing. I know we don't have any backers or else i would have gotten an email but then i hmm. clicked on it and it's like it just took me to the patreon's like front page i was like oh shit they got rid of us <laughs> we're not good enough well damn that we'll or i just like we'll... in a drunken haze deleted the thing but i just don't <laughs> think that happened oh man well you know what we'll start our own patreon with blackjack and hookers you know what forget the patreon sorry it's a few drama that's cool I couldn't resist. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, with that, I think we should wrap things up. Uh, let's do some plugs. We actually have some shit to talk about. Uh, me and Bren have been twitching a lot more. Not a medical condition. Um, actually, we love cooking. <laughs> no, but I do have a uh, benign fasciculation syndrome. But no, seriously. Uh, what? <laughs> no, that's like it's like I'm not going to go into it. But it's where you like <laughs> twitch abnormally more than other people. It's so I can't even pronounce it. So let's not say it. But um. Long story short, we've been on Twitch a lot more. We've been playing either Talisman, well, mainly Talisman. We're planning on doing either Gauntlet or It Came From Space some more. So keep your eyes open for that. If we ever do go on Twitch, we usually try to tweet about it or post it on Facebook quick uh, quick before going on. But maybe down the road we'll even have like a schedule of when you guys can expect to see us on there. Yeah, we got to get better at posting it before five minutes before we Exactly. I'm going to do at least like an hour in prep, hopefully. Yeah. Or you could just watch me try to replay Life is Strange and hold back the tears. Oh, fucking... <laughs> Not today, big guy! <laughs> fucking phenomenal game. Um, it's very Also, good. our YouTube channel, you've been taking care of that. Um, lots of fucking shit going on there. Yeah, I've been trying to force myself into posting a video every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and it's getting harder because I'm running out of backlog videos, so I'm going to have to be recording more and you know what, man? Just shoot for every Wednesday, because that'd be great, because Almost Better Than Silence airs every Monday, so people have content then. We really are missing on Wednesdays, and then hopefully every occasional Friday we do a bonus episode. Like today, this is a bonus episode. So I think shoot for Wednesdays. If you could do the others, fucking do it. Oh, I'm doing the others. I'm forced. We're just doing it! Do it! Do it! Just do, do it! it. Alright. Ah! 
What are we referencing? Uh, we're telling our listeners, our listeners to hit the stop button. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. See ya.